You're listening to a podcast from Riverview Church in Bowness, recorded during one of our Sunday gatherings. For more information about Riverview Church, or service times, or contact details, go to riverviewchurch.uk or find us on Facebook at Riverview Bowness. Well, good morning and welcome to Riverview Church Online. I'm really glad that you've been able to connect with us here today as we go into message two of our Church Forward series, which is really to ensure that we are like match fit, that we're aware and equipped and engaged, ready to stand in what Paul describes in Ephesians 6 as a spiritual battle. Now, the question of the whole series really is this, are you battle ready or battle weary? Now, for a few weeks, we're going to be looking at some of the enemy's weapons, these kind of fiery darts that he uses to distract and discourage, disempower, and ultimately, if he can, destroy us. And those weapons, those fiery darts are fear, doubt, indifference, weariness, and pride. Now, all of these things unchecked are like a big problem, right? I mean, for individuals and for the church, all kind of feed into each other, working together like ingredients of the most disgusting, unpalatable dish that you could possibly imagine. Now, a couple of weeks back, we looked at fear. And in the future, in a couple of weeks, we're going to be looking at doubt, indifference and pride. But today we are looking right, digging deep into the issue of weariness. So are you battle ready or battle weary? And I don't want you to be discouraged this morning because have you not heard? Like even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But there is a remedy. So weariness. Today, let's look at what it is why it's a problem and how we can deal with it. So what is weariness? What are we dealing with? What does it look like? What causes it? Well, weariness firstly is evidence of something out of balance, if you like, kind of off kilter in our lives. It's not simply about being tired kind of in need of a, a, a good night's sleep or a, a day off or a holiday or something like that. I mean, those things are important. They're even kind of preventative, really, of weariness. But weariness itself is much deeper than that. So I'm going to define weariness as like a, a soul level tiredness. I mean, you know, right, that we're made body, mind and soul. And tiredness, wherever it originates, if it's undealt with, will will seep through all of those layers of who we are and how we are made. Look, when we don't look after our body and our mind, then the tiredness will penetrate into the soul. Now, God gave us rest, right? The Sabbath, he gave us rest, not as like a nice gift or as a religious instruction, but as a necessity for our lives, for our well-being, for our shalom, our full kind of well-being and peace. But when we get to soul weariness... A good night's sleep or a day off or a holiday alone are not going to be 
enough. If my soul is weary, then dipping my toes into the med, look, it might set the clock back a little bit. It might hit the, the pause button on the chaos around and for a short time kind of refresh me. But the thing that is wearing me out spiritually will still be awaiting me when I return and will require intervention. So again, are you battle ready or battle weary? And it is so important that we recognise it and that we acknowledge its kind of origin and root and cause so that we can then drag it into the light and have that intervention, have it be dealt with. So firstly, to recognise it, let's look at the symptoms. We can recognise soul weariness by its symptoms, which may include, but aren't limited to, I feel like I'm selling PBI here, uh, feeling lethargic, like discouraged, saddened, like on a deep kind of level, not just you've watched a sad film, you know, or burdened, overwhelmed, perhaps, or even empty or powerless or hopeless. I mean, look at it, right? Weariness is miserable, utterly, totally miserable. And, and perhaps a sense of exhaustion that is kind of like beyond the bones. Do you know what I'm talking about there? Maybe you feel like you've lost the spring in your step, lost the sparkle in your eyes. Perhaps everything seems kind of grey around you. There's no colour. Everything's less enjoyable. You might have difficulty kind of focusing on things, motivating yourself. Uh, like you're kind of, you feel like like you're kind of breathing stale air. I mean, many of us wearing masks at the minute feel exactly like that. And we're so in need of fresh air, but we feel that on a spiritual level. And, and then perhaps you're finding it harder to, to read your Bible. Like, what passage should I go to? Or, or to enter into worship? I mean, what song is going to lead my heart in? What do I need to play and sing along to? Or, or perhaps you're finding it difficult to pray. I mean, what words can I put to this right now? And maybe you're even struggling to go to church, either online or in person. And maybe you're thinking kind of, what's the point? What's the point in this right now? I mean, have you seen yourself there? Like, do you see yourself in those kind of symptoms right here and right now? Like, I don't want you to be embarrassed. Like, weariness impacts us all at some point in our lives. So recognise it, acknowledge its origin and drag it into the light. So let's look at the causes so that we can acknowledge the origin of our weariness and then identify its root. I mean, in Genesis 3, God tells Adam that the ground would be cursed, like producing thorns and thistles because of what he did. God tells him that the food that he would eat would come through painful toil by the, the sweat of his brow. And this would be like all the days of his life and subsequently all the days of our lives as well. So firstly, on, on a kind of macro greater level, hardship and difficulty and toil are the result of the fall common to all of us. But on a micro level, there may be uh, kind of present reasons, many present reasons and multiples of those reasons that are either physical, emotional or spiritual reasons for weariness in our lives. What is 
the cause of our wearinesses, if that's even a word, or your weariness right now, while physical reasons might be tiredness, sickness, or injury. I mean, we can overwork or overstretch our bodies and our minds, can't we? Like burning the candle at both ends. It leads to burnout and, and often but not always will lead to kind of sickness and perhaps even injury itself and, and sometimes we know that sickness and injury are unavoidable or accidental they're just part of life but sometimes it's because we have been foolish with our time and our energy look it's not godly to overstretch yourself Burnout is not a badge of honour. Like some people are so highly strung that they even treat rest like it's a proper mission, like it's something they've got to, to win and beat other people with, like it's a competition. And there's a real dangerous kind of culture that I even see in much of the modern missionary, uh, ministry, sorry, field. Like do more, work harder, get results, achieve, achieve, achieve. Like, chill the heck out, honestly. Like, Shabbat rest, Sabbath rest was never just a suggestion. It was a necessity. And then let's get to the emotional reasons like hurt and emotional exhaustion. Now, maybe you know what I'm talking about here. You've perhaps felt these things really bite some of you are dealing with emotionally exhausting situations in your families, in your workplaces, in your friendship groups, like right now. And maybe you're crying out, how long, oh Lord, must I wait to see you move in this situation? Or oh, the hurt that we experience, oh, the hurt that is cast upon our souls. The things that people say or think or, or do and sometimes often in deliberate calculated ways. I mean why? We know that sometimes also people hurt us unintentionally. You know they don't mean to harm you but does that really change the impact of the rock that they have thrown at your head? And here I have to consider how many rocks have I unintentionally thrown? And perhaps you've experienced that painful frustration of feeling like you're overlooked or just disrespected, undervalued, unloved, unpopular. Like people perhaps just you feel put up with you because they kind of have to. Why won't they notice me? Why won't they acknowledge my skills and giftings? Why, why would they hinder my potential and hold me back? It hurts, doesn't it? Do you feel like your wings have been clipped and somebody else is keeping you from being who you should be? They're emotional hurts and reasons for weariness. And then we get to spiritual reasons. And here we have spiritual warfare and sin and starvation. Look, we are in a battle and, and there is no battle that doesn't strike a blow, that doesn't involve effort, that doesn't wound in some way and that doesn't expend great energy on our parts. It's the nature of being in warfare. It's the nature of being in a battle and spiritually it's no different. 
the reality is that you are so unlikely to have the enemy, Satan, coming at you with a gun and a bullet. And the reason is he doesn't have to. He can reduce people to rubble by making them just believe lies or, or by making them seek false approval, trying to find their, their assurances in the wrong places or by raising false expectations and hopes in people's hearts. That's how Satan can defeat you, by isolating you, by offending you, by niggling and wearing you down and tempting you. One of his greatest weapons that he uses to effect is by drawing us into sin through temptation. That often our spiritual weariness is the result of our sin. Like trying to do it our way, the way that we want to, trying to chase after the things that we want and we fancy, trying to be the, the captains and the lords of our own lives so that we are focused in the wrong direction on ourselves and not on him. I mean, we can be such a stubborn and stiff-necked people, can't we? And I say that gently, but God said that directly to the Israelite people, and we know there is a lesson in that for us as well. Sin. Now remember in week one how we defined sin, that, that sin is to worship something other than God who created us. Uh, and we also looked at the fact that worship isn't like just about singing songs and things like that, but it's actually about our attention, our primary focus. And so really sin is about focusing in the wrong direction. Like the enemy wants to steal your focus because he knows if you look at the storm, and if you look at the problems, and if you look at yourself, then you are not going to look to the one who can save you and restore you and heal you and bring you forward. It is all a ploy to keep you from the author of life and the provider and healer of your souls. It is a ploy to keep you from the dinner table. It is a ploy to keep you from the streams of living water, a ploy to starve you spiritually. Spiritual warfare, sin and starvation. Look, when you starve, you become weary. And when you are weary, even eating becomes a great effort. And the reality is that you are most vulnerable when you are tired, physically, emotionally, and or spiritually. You are most vulnerable when you are tired. Now, why is this such a problem? Why is weariness a problem? I mean, in itself, it is not sin. Okay, and it is often caused by many external physical and emotional factors. So if you are feeling weary this morning, know that I am not pointing at you and saying you are sinning right now because it is not sin to be as tired out, burned out and weary as you are right now. But the thing is, whatever impacts the body and the mind, if it's unchecked and undealt with, it will always escalate into the spiritual and it will impact the soul. There is no 
good byproduct of soul weariness? None. If it's unchecked, the outworking is ugly. And this is when sin starts to play a factor in it, when we won't deal with our weariness and we let it run loose in our lives. And the outworking looks like this. Anger, resentment, self-pity, bitterness, hopelessness and callousness, like to be kind of mean-spirited or even arrogant or like to self-protect, to seek your own protection. And maybe it turns into kind of like a spiritual drowsiness or even suspicion and cynicism about everything going on around you, or doubt and apathy, which are two weapons that the enemy uses, which we'll look at in coming weeks. And ultimately, the outworking of our weariness, ultimately, after all of those things, is apostasy. And what that means is a falling away from faith, a turning our backs upon the faith which we currently hold. Look, the reality of weariness is this, that hurt people will hurt people. So much of our ugliness comes from our offendedness. Like this is a massive problem. It's a massive problem, not just for you and me, but for everybody around us and even it will impact the local church. And here is a great danger because if cynicism finds a root in a local church or if bitterness and unforgiveness takes a kind of root and, and takes ground in a local church, it can bring the whole church low and bind it from doing what God is calling it to do. But it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to remain that way. Remember, weariness in itself isn't sin, but how we deal with it really matters. Now, listen, this is not just going to simply shrink away or fade with time. At this stage of soul weariness, you're not just going to sleep it off. OK, you need intervention at this point. And the good news is that that intervention is right there waiting for you. And now we're going to look at how we can access that. How do we deal with weariness? Because weariness may be something that Satan has kind of weaponized against you and against the gospel. But remember this, no weapon fashioned against you will prosper. I mean, that is incredible. How so? Because there is a remedy. There is a remedy, and it's one word I'm going to give you now, and it's not a popular word, but the word is repentance. That is the remedy to our weariness. Now, again, in week one, do you remember I defined repentance as being a full attention shift? So basically, sin is focusing our attention elsewhere other than God. And then repentance is simply bringing our attention back to him to look full in his face and to turn our hope and our expectation and everything that we look for in life to, to find that in him, to find our full focus in him repentance isn't feeling sorry it's not feeling ashamed it's not feeling guilty but turning and clinging it is about rebalancing and refocusing remember that weariness is an indicator that something is out of balance in our lives what do you need to bring back into balance by turning your focus upon him this morning and look the rest that we need 
from our weariness. The healing rest is not passive, it's active. It involves something on your part. It's activated through the kind of repentance that turns full focus to Jesus, okay, who is the doorway to transformation and full healing at a soul level. And I want to tell you there's nothing to be ashamed of here. If you are feeling weary and need to return your focus to Jesus, there's nothing to be ashamed of there because we are all in the same battle. We all face the same hurts. We all experience the same exhaustions. You know, even endurance pros like Mo Farah and Bear Grylls, like they get tired, don't they, at times? Even great teachers and great ministers of the gospel also face soul weariness at points in their lives. And, and the thing is, all we need to do really is to turn full focus upon Jesus. But boy, do we resist. Isaiah 30, 15 says that in repentance and rest, we find our salvation. And he goes on to say that it's in quietness and in trust that we find strength. But he also goes on to say, but you would have none of it. You know, the real shame is if we, like Adam and Eve, kind of try to hide away and kind of cover ourselves. If we, if we say, I'm having none of it. I'm going to make my own covering here. And we don't allow God to provide the covering that truly restores us. That would be the greatest shame. So really, don't be ashamed if you need to turn, repent and rebalance your focus upon Jesus. Don't be ashamed of that, because the real shame is if we know that we need to and fail to. Look, please don't misunderstand and resist repentance. It sounds like a loaded, nasty, controlling word, but it is a beautiful thing. It is a gift to treasure, to rebalance and to refocus us as we were meant to be. Look, Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle. That sounds different to what we imagine repentance to be sometimes. I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Look, if the world feels like it's on your shoulders right now, wouldn't you like to take that load off for a moment to, to rest? Wouldn't you like to put that onto somebody else's shoulders who could carry that, the journey for you? Wouldn't you like to find rest for your soul this morning? Return to him. Whether that's again or for the first time, I just urge you to turn to him and find that there is rest in him. Like renew your hope in him again and turn your trust towards him. So as I wrap up, I want to read you a, a beautiful, wonderful part of Isaiah chapter 40. And I'm going to look at verses 28 to 31. And it says this. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord 
is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow weary or tired and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. And even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. In repentance and rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength. He goes on, they will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. How are you feeling this morning? That we can turn to him for true and sure rest because he is the one who never slumbers nor sleeps, who won't grow tired or weary, the one who has inexhaustible resources to pour out upon you, for you, like refreshing waters, that toe dipped into the med that I crave sometimes because of the way that that can heal, that has nothing on dipping your head into the streams of living waters that Jesus is pouring out for you and plentiful pastures for you to graze in, for you to enjoy his provision. So, I encourage you this morning, turn to him and run again without weariness and walk without fainting by his power, not by power, not by might on our part, but by my spirit, says the Lord. So go seek him this morning if you're feeling weary, spend some time with him today, allow him to work a healing in your life at a soul level that replenishes what is currently weary. In Jesus' name, amen.